0: Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Modern Aged Middle Life, a podcast brought to you by Emily Baum and Graham Jarvis, comedy writers addressing modern day confusions for the middle aged. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Good. I was born ready. I'm fired up because today, Graham, is a doings day.
1: (laughs) Today's a doings day?
0: Today is a doings day. It's a get the paintbrush out, it's see if the power drill's got any charge, I'll have the strimmer going in no time at all.
1: (laughs) I don't like the way this is going. (laughs) Never say DIY. I think we might be heading towards that. Is that the one?
0: You can call it DIY, you can call it a doings day, you can call it tinkering in the garage for a bit. Whatever floats your boat.
1: (laughs) My mother got the police around when I was found tinkering in the garage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have told you before, shut the door.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was my mistake then.
0: Are you into DIY, do-it-yourself? Are you happy to get muck under your nails? Um,
1: No, (laughs) but I do. It's a case of repair, isn't it? Once our loft needed reboarding.
0: Automatically, you've set the scene yeah. for a highly challenging, dramatic tale of <laughs> loft boarding.
1: <laughs> yeah, I paid somebody to do it, a builder. <laughs> he was doing something else, yeah? He
0: was doing something else, yeah. <laughs> Making proper money. That's what he was doing.
1: <laughs> there were issues. He was one of those builders that doesn't really finish. And so there are loads of bits still unboarded. And one bit, as I walked over to inspect it, I nearly killed myself as the board slipped. He hadn't screwed it down. So a year or so goes by and we can't really use the loft because it's lethal, so I paid a second person to do the loft properly. Mm. And he was obviously into castles and design of weird slopes and ramps.
0: Did he come dressed in ornamental armour when he came to quote for the job?
1: (laughs) Almost.
0: (laughs) Game of Thrones t-shirt it was then. It was, yeah.
1: (laughs) He did such a bad job too. One of these slopes was like a trapdoor. He didn't want people to cross the loft, but if you did want to stop anybody going from one side of the loft to the other, you could lift one of the boards, which was attached by a long piano hinge. And I'm just thinking, why?
0: Why? Yeah, that's like something out of a horror film, where people sort of lure people in to go up to the loft, and they're like, (laughs) why do you want me in your loft?
1: (laughs) 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 But you can't cross the loft, because we've raised the trapdoor flat. (laughs) One day, we had a plumber, a really good plumber, over to service the boiler, which is in the loft. I'm in the office, immediately below, and suddenly there's the plumber's leg and foot dangling through the loft. One of these boards that the second person had done had skidded, and he'd fallen partly through the loft. And he said, in my 20 years of plumbing, I've never put a foot through the loft ever.
0: I've never put a foot wrong. Was that what he was trying to say? I think
1: so. I went into DIY Man and did it myself.
0: Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You can't just do DIY. This is something our dear listeners are now identifying, that Graham Jarvis cannot just do a job like a normal person. He has to put a cape and a utility belt on the job title. (laughs) Why are you now DIY man? DIY man!
1: (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I'm DIY gender fluid, is it?
0: (laughs) That's fine. Either way, it's weird you're putting your pants on the outside of your trousers to go and inspect your loft.
1: (laughs) I've always done that since the police warned me about tinkering. The pair inside and the pair outside. They said that'd be safe.
0: (laughs) So you ended up going up in your own loft. Yeah,
1: it only took about four and a half months.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then what did you do? Did you actually fix it yourself? Yeah,
1: so the whole loft was boarded and even. Now this shows you how good a job I did. Even my wife said... That is really good because we could keep things up there.
0: Really? Yeah. Because she actually classifies one of her hobbies on Facebook as being chastising her husband for being completely useless. (laughs) So the fact that she actually took the time to say (laughs) that you've done a really good job and and she probably gasped as that fell out of her mouth.
1: I even recorded it just in case she denied it later. But I don't play the recording back in case I imagined it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, What you could do is get one of those birthday cards when you can record a message in it. So every time she opens it, it says, you've done a really good job, Graham.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You've set me off now. Perhaps I'm going to make one of those birthday cards myself. I can already imagine how to do the cardboard folding bit.
0: Just need a small micro recorder, uh, which I'm sure you could build in no time at all. Well, a
1: love takes me five months, so probably by my great-grandson's time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think it'd be nice to present that to Jill on her 90th birthday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So would you say you're good at it? You don't want to do it, obviously, Uh, but would you say that when you're forced to do it, on average, you're actually pretty good at it, but it's just that extra effort.
1: Oh, well- You're
0: making a face that looks like a constipated turtle, so I'm sensing no. Well,
1: it's the yin-yang thing. It's you try to do a good job, but if you take too long doing it, people say, oh, it doesn't have to be perfect. There's a certain expectancy of DIY, like at Christmas time, when you're trying to assemble the pyramid. Lego pyramid or Playmobil pyramid or something and you think this should only take me a half an hour and you look at the box and it says expected time four and a half hours (laughs) and you think oh so it's probably going to be more like, oh, my goodness, he's going to be up before I finish this. Actually,
0: there's a rise in toys like that. It's basically to keep kids occupied for the majority of their childhood so that us as parents only have to take over when they become able to drive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want a Lego set that says, average time taken to complete this project from the age of four to 16. <laughs> That'll do.
1: An example of what I mean, my dad was really good at embroidery, really good.
0: Hang on on a minute. We're talking DIY. DIY jobs are masculine. They involve a chainsaw. Embroidery does not, that's a hobby. Yeah. That's a recreational thing for people called Hilda.
1: (laughs) Well, he did go by the name of Hilda when he was doing the embroidery. (laughs) I'd say, Dad, and he'd go, oh, Hilda, Do you want a cup of tea? (laughs) Jill's mum had got a lovely lace tablecloth that had somehow got split along the little lacy bits. And because she knew Dad was good at embroidery, she said, Oh, could you ask your dad to fix my tablecloth? And I thought, hmm, not quite the same lace and embroidery. Mm. So I said to Dad, could you have a go at fixing Helen's tablecloth? Yes, sure, son. Anyway, a month Two months, three months went by. About a year and a half later, Dad had clearly been panicked into doing something. And there's this complete mess of huge stitches (laughs) that had wrecked. The delicate lace tablecloth it's like i can't do things like this this is not what i do And
0: don't do it don't let people force you into things that are outside your comfort zone because it always ends up in tears okay
1: so we're stopping the podcast now <laughs>
0: <laughs> seriously people like he's got anywhere else to be how
1: about you power emily well
0: there are certain things so my dad is a bit like you he wanted a shelf put up in his office so he hired a builder and paid the builder a full day rate to put up one shelf he is that Uh inept. he doesn't know which end of the hammer he should hold and has no intention of ever trying and my two brothers are exactly the same my youngest brother redecorated a bathroom like a disabled loo in one of his businesses it looked like the person who had painted the bathroom had no arms it was ridiculous (laughs) it was the worst paint job and he painted it in like a bog coloured green
1: Uh. it's
0: not natural in my family to do DIY so that makes me and Chris even more adamant we can do this. Yeah. We've dug out gardens, I've built ponds, I've done trellis and gazebos, we've done all sorts of things. Were they any good, Graham? <laughs> no. But we gave it... <laughs> <laughs> Were they potential death traps? Yes. <laughs> well, that's good then. But that's what DIY is all about. <laughs> but we also know our limitations. We won't go near a chainsaw and we won't go near a circular saw because I only have small fingers and I really cannot afford to lose any of them.
1: Very wise. Once I was doing loads of DIY and a friend of mine, she said, oh, I need the washing machine moved. Can you help with the plumbing? I've done a bit of plumbing where you extend something by a couple of metres. But I went round there and she wanted it put in an outbuilding. 20 metres of pipe work. I'm like, oh my goodness. (laughs) You're like...
0: I'm going to have to dig up the garden at this rate.
1: But I was positive. I think by my face, I was hoping she'd say, don't worry, I'll get somebody in, but no... So I did the plumbing work and when I next went, it was all different. Apparently, they'd got a plumber in <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, they should have done that in the first place. Yeah, yeah,
1: they should. Do you
0: think DIY stems from people being tight? Is it tightness or is it ego? Because let's be honest, whenever we roll up our sleeves and have a go at stuff, it's either because to get a professional in is going to cost us a load of money or we have the arrogance to think that all of a sudden, because we've watched a 10-minute YouTube video, we can build a brick wall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think there is that about it. I did actually want to take a bricklaying course, but it was a two-day course and it was really enjoyable. But I've never ever used it in anger. I've never done any brickwork.
0: I really wanted to do a bricklaying course and my mum said it wasn't very ladylike. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so where's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I once wanted to do welding. And I didn't take a welding course because I think Halfords were doing these welding kits that anybody can use with welding rods and all the rest of it. And I had an old van that needed welding. It had holes in the floor. And the first time I used this welding kit, there was an even bigger hole in the floor. (laughs) (laughs) I realised there was more to this welding lark than met the eye.
0: What's been your biggest DIY clanger? Come on, we've all done it. I
1: think there have been loads of them. Nothing big. I once needed to repair a bench in the garden. Wood glue is fantastic. And if you want to glue two pieces of wood, it's so easy. Loads of bits of it were loose. I took it apart, liberally applied the wood glue, and the next day, 24 hours later, went out, lifted it up, and it just fell apart again. (laughs) It wasn't wood anymore, actually. It was sort of like rotten wood. And wood glue is useless on rotten wood. I discovered. (laughs) What's your worst nightmare repair? Well,
0: we had one instance, so I have to watch Chris when she decides she wants to do a bit of DIY, and by that I mean she was genuinely shocked when she was replacing a light switch in one of the houses we were doing up and got blown across the room.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah,
0: and she said, "I don't understand what I did." And I said, "Were you watching EastEnders while you were replacing the light switch?" And she said, "Yeah, of course I was. It's a really good episode this week." I was like, "What did you not think to?" and turn the electric off. <laughs> yeah. That would be the first thing. And every time she says, I'm going to do a bit of plumbing, my heart sinks because I know it's going to cost me money. <laughs> We're going to have to get professional and there's going to be a small indoor swimming pool shortly.
1: I think because electricity is invisible and doesn't let its presence be known, that's the danger. I know someone who decided to replace a light fitting and again, they got this big bang and fell off the chair. And I said, just as you had, why didn't you turn the electricity off? And they said, "Well, it looked all right, you know
0: <laughs> You can't see it, yeah, right? It
1: was probably just sleeping, yeah) <laughs> <laughs>
0: We did quite a classic. Everyone's played with flat-back furniture. You know, everybody's heart falls. When you've bought a piece of furniture off the web and there's a picture of it fully assembled, and then when it's finally delivered, there's two very large men sweating with 15 boxes, and you're like, oh, my God, I only wanted a TV unit. You know, I've got to rebuild the ark here. (laughs) We ordered a John Lewis cot when we first had Ellie, and we were putting the cot together, and it was... I swear that they do it as part of the Mensa entry exam, I mean, that's how complex this cot was. And it took us two hours. It was one of those jobs that we thought would be 20 minutes, easy peasy, we're intelligent people, two hours. Oh. And then we were so proud, stepped back at this cot and went, this doesn't look right. Oh. This does not look right. <laughs> the kid is literally just gonna roll out one side. <laughs> so one side was up high so you could never exit and the other side was halfway down the bottom. I was like, this isn't practical, the baby's gonna die. <laughs> no, we we put it round the wrong way. Oh no. Yeah. We had to unscrew the whole thing another hour and a half Uh, did it all over again.
1: Jill and I have got a system where when it all arrives, we unbag everything and Jill takes control of all the components. So she checks the right number of bolts and everything, stops you doing that. Oh, I'll just dive in and start assembling it. When you get to the end and find there's a couple of screws missing or whatever, she's really good. She'll read out what the next bit is. And that's sometimes where we get to blows, where she's saying, take the bit on the left, and you say this, and she says, no, that's the right, on the left. But she's got the diagram, I can't see. That's where we start the classic rowing over DIY assembly. So she's
0: the manager in the flat pack scenario. She's sitting there with a cup of tea and a bit of cake, and she's passing instructions to you as to how to actually fulfil the task. Stuff
1: like wafting her hand and pointing at things, yeah. I uh, should
0: caveat, there will be foul language. Here used in the next couple of seconds of this podcast. I'm worried. So for any delicate listeners that are listening, please be warned, I will be using the word IKEA. Have you ever done the whole IKEA run? Come out with several hundred glasses you never needed, a bag of frozen meatballs, and a bed that will take you four and a half years to complete? <laughs> Have you ever fallen foul of the IKEA trap? Have you ever been divorced in the car park like millions of people that swear at each other trying to get a giant wardrobe in the back of a mini Cooper? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've not used Ikea a lot, actually. Have you not? I've enjoyed going round at Ikea. It's an astonishing place, the one I've been to. And I think they're all pretty much the same. They're
0: all the same. Yeah. They all lure you in with the promise of ease, simplified living and beautiful pictures in their brochures of rooms that you could potentially once have, but realistically you'll never have because you live a real life. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's drawn in to the excitement and then you go through these well-pristine and cleverly planned out aisles that suck you into buying glow-in-the-dark backpacks for your children. You know, a snud underfloor storage facilities that you've never even conceived but will now have to take up your entire ground floor to put in two drawers. (laughs) I mean, it's so clever. Totally manipulates you and sucks you into this Swedish way of life. We aren't in Sweden. That's what they should put above the door as you walk in. We are not in Sweden anymore. This is Croydon. We need furniture for Croydon. It needs to be knife proof.
1: (laughs) Yeah, knife proof. Well, I went to IKEA once looking for some shells and was really tempted by just about everything they had. Mm. which shows you the lure they've got. Mm. I decided I wanted some glass shells. And this is before we had a child because I wanted to display all the drinks because all the drinks were in a cupboard and I couldn't be bothered to find out if we'd got any brandy left. And
0: it's nice for people to know you're an alcoholic publicly. <laughs> yeah,
1: well that was chill, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've got these glass shelves. They were really nice. But the thing was, the screws were so long. I think they were longer than the wall was thick. We eventually put them all up and they all just wobbled a bit, but wobbled a lot some sort of went wobbly left to right and some pulled away from the wall a bit. So if you put a bottle on it, it started going... Uh, 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 <laughs> it
0: started listing. Your shelves were drunk.
1: <laughs> I think we had them about a year. Um, you can't glue bottles to a shelf, can you? But that was the only way. <laughs> <laughs> these bottles weren't going to fall off and smash. Jill did not like them. And one day she said, you need to get rid of those shelves but it was really sad for me because I'd wanted these shelves for ages, but they were rubbish. (laughs) They
0: weren't working.
1: That's the way they'd been put up was rubbish, which was down to me.
0: Some of the stuff from Ikea is really good. But you do end up buying stuff. It's like a trip to Costco. You end up buying stuff you don't realistically need. You go in with the promise of, oh, we need a new pair of kitchen tongs. So they're really cheap in Ikea. We're going to buy a new pair of kitchen tongs because Ikea is a great time sucker. It's great for the kids. They can hide in a cupboard for an hour and a half and it just fills up a bit of a Saturday. You go in, you get one pair of kitchen tongs, you get three new pictures for the lounge. Oh, there's a rug I've always liked. You get the rug. You buy a duvet cover, and this is a right clever one for Ikea, but then you have to buy the Ikea duvets because the duvet covers are not standard sizing. Oh, no. Yeah, Ikea has its own sizing metric. Oh,
1: I didn't know that. (laughs)
0: Yep. same on the mattresses. There's a whole other underground squiz going on in Ikea. And then once you've done this and you've loaded up 14 trolleys, you get to the queue... And you think, this is brilliant. I've swum through the store. It's because everybody's at the queue. There's a queue, 20 people deep, all with people with 14 trolleys. And at that point, that's when they really get you because there's a sign that says hot dogs and all you can smell is food. The kids are screaming. They're tired. Oh, no. You're tired. You know you've still got to put all this rubbish together and get it in the car. So what you see is all these people like sheep eating hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Or meatballs.
1: I must admit, the only memory I've got really of Ikea was having some food. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly I was one of those people, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. But then to top it all off, you get home, you have to put the bed together and you're asking your other half if they've got the snorgan part because you can't find it in the Smurgus brochure. Because they've all got ridiculous names.
1: That's down to Jill in our family. She's the brochure queen.
0: Oh, I hope her enunciation is brilliant. As she's saying to you, don't forget the Hergen-Flergen part or the flange. Don't forget your flange.
1: (laughs) I like it. When you say non-standard things, they supply you with the tools for the job, like a little hex lever thing and a screwdriver. When you need to take it apart, you're like, oh... None of the standard dolls fit. Mm. Where was the bit that came with it? And, of course, you never keep them in the place where you should do. Never.
0: (laughs) We had to take a TV off the wall. Recently.
1: Was it yours or was it in a pub? Uh,
0: Let's just say I had to get it out through a window. (laughs) Okay. But they put it up using a star fixing. Oh, yeah. What is a star fixing and when did they become a thing? Because it didn't fit a normal screwdriver. No,
1: no they don't. I
0: had to find a star, what is a star screwdriver? The star screwdriver is like the creative of the screwdriver family. It's the one that's a little bit more charismatic than the rest. (laughs) You imagine the star screwdriver is pink or purple. We need a star Why? We've got a Phillips and we've got a flathead. Those are the screwdriver types.
1: I think it was invented by Halfords to sell the pack of the star screwdrivers.
0: <laughs> screwdriver heads.
1: <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it?
0: Do you think the star screwdriver is in your toolbox now going like that? I'm the star screwdriver. I'm more special than you are to the other screwdrivers.
1: None of the other tools go near
0: him. He's just so flashy, that star screwdriver. (laughs) I was talking to the spanner yesterday and he's very missed.
1: (laughs) My mum, when I was a kid, she liked oriental type things thought it was very oriental to have a Trechikov. A what? A trechikof. It's a well known painting of a green lady. Every household in the north had one. I don't know about the south, but. It's a
0: Trechikov.
1: That's the name of the artist. That
0: sounds like some sort of deep phlegmy <laughs> chest infection yep. that people have that they, you know, they can't knock on the head after 12 weeks and have to go and see a doctor.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, just about every house in the north had that as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought you all had flying ducks. Like Coronation Street? Uh, A
1: lot of people had flying ducks, but my mother went more oriental. At the time it looked ridiculous. But she'd made friends with a lady who'd fallen on hard times. She'd lived in a really big house on her own, had loads of antiques. Anyway, my mother bought some to help her out. Goodness knows how, because she worked in a fish factory. Conda,
0: your mum, Conda. She thought, I can get a tretty cough for like five quid off this bird. (laughs)
1: No, I think she was just being kind. On the picture rail, there were two kneeling nudes. Pardon? There were two women, nude women, bright red they were. And at some point... Because
0: they were freezing or sunburned.
1: <laughs> they'd put them around the fireplace so they could keep warm. <laughs> Thoughtful people in my family... At some point in their lives, I don't know how or when, probably my brother, these ladies got little bits chipped off.
0: (laughs) What was your brother doing to I have no idea, (laughs)
1: I don't think. (laughs) So my mum and dad said to me, oh Graham, you're good at painting and nobody else could be bothered, so why don't you try and fix them? So it's the most embarrassing thing for a 12-year-old who's there fondling these nudes, especially around their busts, putting bits of DIY filler on and then touching them up with (laughs) (laughs) my earliest experience of touching anything up and with red paint (laughs) and I think my auntie came in and saw me touching up these little statues. I think my face was probably redder and redder than the statue. Very embarrassing.
0: Is this how you got into tinkering?
1: (laughs) Yes, that is. Actually, I think at one point I did have three pairs of underpants on. (laughs) One of them back to front. (laughs)
0: That's weird. That's weird. That is weird, yeah. You look back at certain things and you've got a question. (laughs) I remember my dad used to send me into the swimming pool. Uh, This is obviously a first world problem. (laughs) During the winter.
1: What, as a punishment? No,
0: no, no. So everyone thinks that having a swimming pool is like the, the ultimate thing. They think indoor swimming pool, you're posh. They aspire to have a swimming pool. We had a swimming pool and my friends were jealous. Indoor? No, outdoor. Oh, okay. But they didn't have to get into the swimming pool and scrub the sides in the winter because my dad said the brush didn't do a good enough job.
1: Oh, no. So
0: I was in the pool in the winter scrubbing the sides. He
1: did drain it for you first. No,
0: I was in it, <laughs> swimming in it, in the cold water <laughs> oh, no. to scrub the
1: sides. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah didn't like you much did he <laughs> no <it didn't. laughs> i'm not sure now which i'd have referred <laughs> did he give you a snorkel no no
0: because no. i could hold my breath for a ridiculously long period of time <laughs> oh god yeah so our parents made us do some more jobs and then as i was older and I took up smoking, and I couldn't hold my breath for so long. I was grouting the side of the pool instead.
1: <laughs> it's probably not a good idea to smoke underwater anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dampens the experience.
1: <laughs> I would think so. I once had great success for my granny when she wanted me to glue her dentures. That was one of the highlights of my life. <laughs> He's not sure which gloves to wear. Yeah, before she passes them to you. <laughs> Was it
0: one of her teeth had come out on the denture? No,
1: the actual break, a crack across the plate, the oh whole thing. God! I'm not sure which is worse. Trying to look at these dentures in the gloved palm of your hand or then looking at granny with no teeth in <laughs> when she smiled quite horrific and
0: that's a diy job that could go terribly wrong
1: <laughs> i think it did because if
0: the glue doesn't set properly granny's never taken those teeth out again <laughs> i'll
1: just glue them in for your granny
0: <laughs> save you some time chris once glued her own finger to her mouth oh
1: no yeah
0: she ended up going down to the local Selco looking like the guy from Austin Powers doing the mini-me impression.
1: <laughs>
0: With the finger. And she had to go down there and say, have you got some super glue solvent remover? And they were like, why? She's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking you in a whimsical manner. I've got my finger stuck to my mouth. <laughs> I didn't
1: know there was a solvent for it. Yeah, there is. Uh-huh. You have
0: to get this certain thing and you have to dab it on. She did it twice, Graham. We have experience. Uh-huh. Oh. So whenever she says, don't worry, I'll get the superglue out, we're just like, oh, Lord, another trip down the Silco. Now,
1: I did do DR once when I was a kid. I had a racing push bike and then roll on about 10 years and I was in my mid-20s. This bike was rusted and I thought, right, project here. I'm going to do it up so it looks really super duper and ride it again. Mm -hmm. So I did it up. Everything is done apart from it needed that tape that you used to put on the handlebars. And my mate, his bike had got a puncture and he needed to get down to the station and i said borrow my bike he said you can't do that you've just done it up i said don't be daft it's got one of those proper solid bike Mm. locks that thieves can't cut through so he came home that night with a cut through bike lock (laughs) no bike (laughs) yeah this was before the days of ebay so i couldn't put two rolls of handlebar tape for sale
0: (laughs) (laughs) one careful owner
1: (laughs) Modern Aged Middle Life was brought to you by Graham Jarvis and Emily Baum. If you liked it, tell a friend or rate and review the podcast. That will help others find us. Thanks.